grass is green, it's early spring, calves are running around. Everything is good except for one down cow, who is actually quite aggressive and can't get up. We'll talk about this case and how to prevent it next on Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White, happy to have Dr. Philip Lancaster with us today. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Brad. So we've got a good discussion here. Everything going well, got new baby calves running around got grass it's coming up it's green it's just i'm using the my imagination how awesome that is in the spring <laughs> except for the cow i described that's down and she's actually pretty aggressive what are some of your first thoughts with what's going on with this scenario well so we've got a lactating cow probably a high producing cow in the spring with lush green grass the first thing that pops into my head is grass tetany and so the and specifically with the signs of being aggressive and she's down and can't get up so that adds to my confidence that it's probably grass tetany. Yeah, absolutely. And if we do physical exam on her, sometimes they don't always have to be aggressive. They can be aggressive. You can find that they're down and they may make multiple attempts but can't get up because their muscles aren't working as well. And often that may be our, our diagnostics, right? The signalment and everything else going on. But if we did run blood on her, what we'd find is she's hypomagnesemic, hypocalcemic, the things we expect in our treatment, which I'm going to gloss over the treatment of the individual cow, we're going to replenish that magnesium, right? So we're going to give it probably IV. We may have some other treatment options there. That's our mainstay of treatment. The prognosis for that individual cow varies, but depends on how long she's been down. What I want to talk to you about from the nutrition side is, okay, I've had a grass tetany in my herd. How do I prevent that? What are some of the things that I'm concerned about? We said she's hypomagnesemic. Why? What happened? How did we get here? Yeah, so that, let's talk about why she got into that situation and into that condition. Obviously, with lactating cow, she's pumping a lot of magnesium and calcium into milk, especially the more milk she produces, the more calcium and magnesium she pumps into that milk. Calcium, you know, she can mobilize that from the bone for the most part. But magnesium, same ability to mobilize magnesium out of the bone. And especially as cows get older, that ability to mobilize magnesium and even calcium out of the bone decreases. And so we've got a cow that has a pretty high magnesium requirement right now. But then when we go to look at her diet, lush green growing grass has a very low magnesium concentration and it has a high potassium concentration. So kind of some general guidelines, when the forage gets above 2% potassium and below 0.2% magnesium, that's when we have a situation that's set up for grass tetany. Another so way- how, to, how would I know if my forage is outside those bounds? Yeah, you're gonna have to test. That's yeah. the only way you'd know. But, and that's not very likely to do on every, you know, like every spring or as you're going through the spring. But that's kind of our situation is we so, have. So let me narrow the field a little bit and say, is this all forages more common in cool season grasses than warm season grasses? Is it certain types of forage that I'm more concerned about this ratio getting out of whack? Yes, it can happen in all forages, particularly grasses, but cool season grasses that really take off early in the spring and have a very, I'll say a very low like fiber content to them. They're really lush, really good grass, great for energy and protein for the cow, but they're the ones that tend to have the lower magnesium and higher potassium concentrations. If you have legumes in your pasture, 
then that can kind of offset that because legumes will have a higher magnesium content than grasses will. And so you can kind of offset that a little bit, but it doesn't necessarily get rid of the risk completely. And I've kind of assumed, correct me if I'm not, but in cool season pastures, we're going to go through a period of year almost every year where my ratio is out of whack because they're growing. And when they're really going, they will come on fast. And I have just assumed that that's happening. Is that safe or do I need to test? It, no, I think you can pretty much assume that's happening because it's probably changing so fast that if you took a sample this week, by the time you get results back, then it's, the grass it, is different. It's different. Yes. Because yeah. it's growing and changing so fast. And you'd have to know whether you need to supplement or not. You'd have to sample, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time, which you may not have very much grass. And by the time you get grass that is good to sample, the cows are already in a negative magnesium balance and their risk is going up every day. So we have two things at play here. One... You talked about the grass, and the grass may have different ratio of potassium and magnesium, right? Mm -hmm. And you said, what was the ratio I'm concerned the, about? 2.2 uh, is kind of that cutoff that they use for the, the tetany ratio, where if you're below that line, so the ratio of potassium to calcium plus magnesium, if you're below 2.2, the risk is very low. But if, the, if you're above 2.2, that risk jumps up quite a bit. Okay. So I'm concerned about the grass. And... Often, depending on when I calve in the spring, I may be having cows that are putting a lot of their nutrients into their milk. Because when, on our beef cows, when is peak lactation post-calving? Usually around two months. It kind of depends a little bit on how high their peak lactation is. Cows that have a lower peak will typically peak earlier. Cows that have a higher peak will peak a little bit later. Okay, because it takes a while to build up. To, so, mm -hmm. so anywhere of 45 to 70, 70 days, yeah. somewhere mm -hmm. in there, you'd expect her peak, which if I'm calving in March and I may have grass coming on in May, I'm hitting the peak. Or even if I pass the peak, I'm coming down and, and my herd has calved. So it's all it's hitting at the same high. time. Yeah, that milk production is still high, even if she is past the peak there during that early spring period of April, May. And when you're, especially when you're cool season grasses are really taken off. Okay. And you said on the mature cat, do, do I see less of a problem with this in, and I'm going to say young stock, like calves, if I had fall born calves, or if I've got yearlings, do I see less of a problem there? Because you talked about mature cows are going to have trouble mobilizing the magnesium and calcium. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think typically you will because those animals don't have as high a magnesium requirement. They're not lactating. Yep, exactly. And that's the big thing. And if you have fall cows, now they're still lactating, but we typically don't have that lush green grass and the potassium's not nearly as high in fall regrowth of even of cool season grasses. And so it's not as common in fall calving cows. Well, and they're lactating, but since I'm hitting you up with lactation questions, okay, so we said peak lactation, 45, 70 days. How long does beef cow lactate? how long you leave the calf on her. Okay. So she'll keep, <laughs> but, so keep lactate, lactating, yes. but how long does she lactate at a high level? So you can almost think of it as kind of like a symmetrical curve. You know, as she starts out at parturition and she's going to hit peak at say, let's just say 60 days, she's going to be back down to where she started on day zero at about 120 days. 
You know, so it's it's kind of it's almost symmetrical, not quite. But then she'll but, stay at that really low level uh, for as and long as the calf yes. keeps nursing. Yeah, it'll it'll tail off and it'll go down, but it'll decrease at a decreasing rate. And so she maintains lactation until the calf is weaned. So a fall calving cow that calves in say October. By the time we roll around to May of the next year and we've got lush green growing grass, probably not worried about her. Oh, no, no. Her lact- her milk production and her magnesium requirement is so low at that point, you're practically ready to wean the calf anyway. And so I don't worry about those animals. Okay. So back to our, back to our cow that was in the field, we treated her. Let's say she got better. I'm worried about the rest of the herd and really... I don't want to talk as much about this year as I want to talk about next year, right? Because I want to think on the prevention side. So I'm going to have the same conditions next year. I've got lactating cows. I've got green growing grass. What do I do to prevent this? So there's several different ways to reduce the risk. One, add legumes to your pasture, which is always helpful. You can fertilize pastures with magnesium. And so you increase the magnesium concentration in the grass not very effective or cost effective to do that. You can watch your nitrogen fertilization. So you've, you fertilize those cool season grasses early on in the spring with a lot of nitrogen fertilizer. That causes them to increase their potassium uptake as well. And so then you get uh, your ratio out of whack because you really stimulated potassium uptake in the plant. But the number one thing that we usually do to, to prevent it is put out a high magnesium mineral supplement, you know, two, three weeks before that early flush of green grass. Okay. So I'm going to, I want to come back to the high mag supplement, but on the fertilizer, I want, well, sort of, I want to fertilize my pasture so that I get the growth. The only reason I don't want to is because that's not cheap, but Mm -hmm. it pays off in many situations, figure out the economics but let's say it's going to work in my situation. You're not saying I shouldn't fertilize, are you? No, no, you shouldn't. Fertilize. But what you can do is split up your application. If you want to get some out there early to get that push, or you can, so then you could do, say, half in, let's say, March. If you, let's say you got a cool season grass that's going to start really taking off in April, you do half in March, and then you come back and do another half the first part of June or something like that. Or you could wait and do it all maybe in May or something like that, where that grass is getting a little bit more mature. It's still going to respond to the nitrogen. It may actually improve your nitrogen efficiency because you don't, the grass is already growing. It's going to take it up pretty fast and not lose much during rainstorms and things like that. But that grass is getting a little bit more mature, and so it doesn't bump up that potassium concentration as much and so and so high mag mineral that we're going to do we're going to put it out and you said two to three weeks before sometimes i've said four to six weeks and only because i don't know exactly when that flush of grass is going to come i mean i could tell you where we live it's going to be within a week or two this way or that pending weather rain whatever Mm -hmm. So I like to start a little bit earlier because I think what you're telling me is it's going to take them a while to equilibrate and get that in their system circulating at a level that will help prevent this grass tetany. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they should take, I mean, if, if they're absorbing it, they're consuming it and absorbing it, blood magnesium should jump up pretty quickly. You know, obviously supplementing it before they start calving, I'm not sure there's really any benefit there if, you're, if your calving window is, is pretty close to when that green grass takes off. So, and in fact, getting calcium and slipping away from magnesium, getting calcium too high before calving 
may not be advantageous because in fact, then we can have some problems because they don't have the cellular machinery geared up to metabolize calcium. Exactly. Yeah. To mobilize it out of the bone and to absorb it out of the diet. Yep. So we're going to start feeding this at some point before any problems with feeding high mag mineral versus the rest of our mineral. Well, typically the sources of magnesium that we use in those minerals, magnesium oxide, magnesium chloride have a bitter taste, bitter flavor. So if you just put out magnesium oxide or magnesium chloride, cow will die of grass tetany before she'll eat it. Yeah. Um, it just tastes that bad, you know? And so typically we have to do something to try to cover that up. And lots of times that's molasses based. So figuring out what they will eat is important. So you've got it mixed in and sometimes it's molasses based or sometimes you have a, just a high mag mineral mix. How do I get around that consumption issue or make sure they're getting the right amount? Well, measure it. So know how many cows are out there, know how much you put out there and how often you have to put it out and or how fast it disappears. And then you can calculate an, an average intake. You don't know how much each individual cow is consuming and you don't know how much they're consuming each individual day. But let's say you put it out there every couple of weeks, you know, over those two weeks, what was the average intake? <laughs> I, bet they're, I bet they're not evenly parsing it out uh, among the cows. No, I'm pretty sure they're not. <laughs> which, which is one of the reasons that we want it out there. And, and we're talking about free choice, loose mineral. You've got some sort of mineral feeder that we're putting it in. And you're discussing, uh, we want to measure disappearance, mm -hmm. basically. How often do I need to get a bag out there? And does that seem about right or not? With many of our minerals we may run into the issue that, I don't want to say too palatable, but they're very palatable and our mineral disappearance may occur really rapidly. Typically it doesn't happen with the high mag mineral, which is the other reason I like longer adjustment period because it gives me time to get those cows used to eating that mineral. Yeah, and so intake of mineral is a, a tricky thing. It's not consistent across cows and it's not consistent across time. And so, we have to do things to either stimulate intake or to reduce intake at different times of the year. Some things that we can do to stimulate intake, like we said, add a molasses to it, have a ground corn or a cottonseed meal base to that mineral. That helps. If you're using a block, it depends on how hard the block is, how much they'll consume. And then most of the time what they're really after is salt. And so one thing that we can do most minerals have an adequate amount of salt or even a little more salt than what they need um, to stimulate intake because you've got other things in there that are not all that palatable. But then we can use salt to help us regulate intake, especially when they're consuming too much mineral. I can add some loose white salt to my loose mineral, mix those together, don't put them separate, but mix those together. And then they're still consuming the same poundage per day, but they're consuming a lot less of the expensive mineral and replacing that with the inexpensive white salt. Well, and I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it too, because you think about salt, it is both incentive and limiter. And we've all had that experience, right? When we're eating food incentive, when it's on chips in the right amount, limiter when you taste something and it's way too salty same way with cows but i like your idea of i'm going to mix that together but i'm going to go with what's my recommended daily intake for cows and then how close am i to hitting that when i start taking mineral out there right is that what you're yes. saying yeah exactly and so you're going to have to play with that a little bit 
if you're getting into those times where the cows don't want to consume enough or they're consuming too much and you're going to have to make some adjustments and measure over time, did I overcorrect and I need to back off? Yeah. And just to be clear, since we were talking about grass tetany, we're probably not going to need a limiter on our magnesium mineral. If we're using a high magnesium mineral, then you want to still make sure that they have good intake. We're not talking about limits in that, but at other times a year, that Mm -hmm. may be appropriate. So is this the only time of year that you'd really look at feeding a high mag mineral or are there other times or situations where you'd want to feed a high mag mineral? Pretty much this is the only time of year that you're focused on that. You don't need to feed a high mag mineral throughout the whole year because as that grass matures, the magnesium concentration will go up and the potassium concentration will come down. And so then she's getting enough from the grass and her requirements for magnesium come down after that peak lactation. So ironically, their main one of their main sources of magnesium is grass, mm-hmm. which early on in the year when it's a high growth is when they can't get it from the grass. Yeah, they just the grass doesn't have a high enough concentration. So a couple of our take homes here, grass tetany, yes. We talked about the individual, but this is, I think, an important aspect of dealing with those. We have to deal with that individual that we described at the start. Mm-hmm. But this is a herd problem. Even if you see one down cow, she's the the tip of the group. Now, maybe she wasn't one getting enough, and you will still occasionally have them even with these techniques. But we talked about high magnesium mineral, anywhere two to four, six weeks before grass is going to be green, and getting some legumes established in those pastures, both of which help us plan for next year. And the other important tip that I think came out was monitor that mineral consumption, monitor what you're delivering, and manage your mineral and mix of mineral slash salt to get that intake about the level that you want it. So thanks for joining us, Philip. I think this was great discussion on grass tetany. Thanks, Brad.